Oh shit, that year everything was telling me hits, runs, you know, mm-hmm. even like batting average, everything was telling me so, so it's like fuck dude, like this guy's kinda fucking good actually. <laughs> you know? These are the tales of baseball past as you've never heard them before. Our guests tell stories blending team seasons on and off diamond moments, memories of personal fandom catastrophe and elation. And yes, alcohol. We do the work, you tell the story. These are the basis stories. I'm Michael Black, and I'm here to talk about the 1984 San Diego Padres. Uh, I guess we have to start with the off season. Uh, that off season uh, coming off of back to back eighty one and eighty one seasons. General Manager Jack McKeon definitely had some work to do with that team. Um, normally, everybody thinks San Diego's cheap, <laughs> and even for that team, usually they probably were. But uh, our owner was kind of on his deathbed at the time, and I hate to say it, rest in peace, Ray Kroc, because. You were awesome that year for letting the things that unfolded happen. Uh, like, for instance, <laughs> he signed Goose Gossage, uh, literally why he was in his hospital room. Uh, I think he even came and visited him there after they signed the contract. Um, but yeah, they got Greg Nettles really late in that offseason to kind of like really finish off that team. They had the pieces already. Uh, they had uh, moved Alan Wiggins uh, from the outfield, actually got him to second base. Uh, like I said, just the little things they did to make that team really good. They had already signed Garvey uh, uh, offseason or two, uh, two offseasons, I believe, the 1982 offseason. Um, so they had him locked up at second. They had, like I said, they moved uh, Wiggins from outfield. Uh, so he became their everyday starting second baseman. Uh, Gary Templeton was starting shortstop. They had gotten him in that trade with, you know, the Ozzy Smith trade. Everybody will say that Ozzy Smith trade because <laughs> he's a Hall of Famer. And I love Tempe though. Like at the time, like when I first started following baseball, it was around that time too. Uh, and Tempe was my number one guy, uh, even to start '84. Like I played baseball uh, when I was nine, and I was the starting shortstop on my team, number one. So of course, Gary Templeton, my favorite player. Uh, little did I know by the end of that year, it'd be another another player that would uh, like become my favorite, not just player of all time, but athlete of all time. We'll get to that in a bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was an awesome team. Like I said, they got Nettles to finish out third. And then uh, uh, Carmelo Martinez was starting left fielder. Uh, you know, he's had rookie of the year votes uh, that year. Uh, Kevin McReynolds, a former number one pick, was their starting center fielder. And then uh, Mr. Padre, Tony Gwynn, my man. Uh, yeah, he was just starting right fielder for that team. Uh, so that's basically how they put that team together on the everyday side. Um, uh, like I said, Jack getting medals late. And then they had a decent bench for that team, too. We had uh, Champ Summers and uh, Mario Ramirez. And who else is on that bench? Oh, Tim Flannery. Shit, how can I forget the Flan? The Flan man. <laughs> uh, I think Boach. Yes, Boach was on that team too. He's backup catcher. Yeah, so they had a, like I said, they had people on that. That was a good team. Um, 
what? who is it? Did I say Mario Ramirez for the yeah for yeah. the backup shortstop? Or yeah, that that was the guy. I think everybody kind of forgot about him. Everybody else is really really known through Padres lore, but that's one guy I think kind of get overlooked, but especially on that team. Uh, so honestly, like uh, going into that season, uh, before they had done those moves to get Gossage and to get Nettles. Uh, kind of was expecting the same, maybe a little bit, you know, maybe a little bit more. I think they were projected to be like 87 and 75 or something. Uh, so that's kind of what I was projecting before it, before they had gotten those guys, though. But, yeah, once I knew uh, signing those two, it's just there's always those one or two pieces, and you look at those two, and you're like, Jesus, dude, those, those were really those two two last pieces that really fit that team. Because Luis Salazar, yeah, that, that's who I was thinking of. He was the other guy. I think he was going to be end up being the starting third baseman before they got Nettles. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, it just everything fit. It clicked. Uh, Trader Jack doing his thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then Dick Williams, oh, my goodness. Wow. Man, I mean, he scared the shit out of people on that team. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, for real, though, like, he would, I've heard, I've heard, yeah, I've heard. He was like, he was like that drill sergeant in uh, Full Metal Jacket, man. He come at you, uh, <laughs> just like just come at people. They were scared to play, but you know that that team needed that kind of guy, though. You know, you get those managers who just fit a team, uh, mm-hmm. a team at the right time. It's kind of like how I think uh, and Bob Melvin's going to be the guy for this new upcoming team. But anyway, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that he was. He was the perfect guy. Just to everything. It was just awesome how he built that team. Like I said, he had done it the previous couple off seasons though, by getting Garvey uh, and Templeton. Even you know before that, just it was just kind of built subtly, and then just hey, he he gets the uh, the okay to spend some money that off season and get those two guys, and it, it did. I mean, they took off. They started nine and two. You know, they started off really hot, and then kind of fell back, and then got hot again, and just. Just played steady. That that was a weak division that year, though, too. To be honest, I mean, ninety-two and seventy. Any other year would be wild. Like well, nowadays, like a wild card year. But yeah, you know, I think they were. It was really early. It was just a like. I they probably even tell you the same. It was like kind of a feeling out period. I mean, especially here, we're not used to anybody winning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was like, is it for real? Like. And then I honestly I I think people really didn't really start getting excited till maybe like June July to be honest like like I said probably for that reason though we just never seen it before um, but it was just all those everything like I said even the pitcher staff like the the one one guy he he always get overlooked but I love him because he was a bomb hitter too was like that Tim Lawler guy like I remember him in a couple games in early hitting like home runs to win games like and then back then you know you guys had oh I'm gonna hit a home run and like throw a complete game it was like geez dude like <laughs> when does that ever happen you know what I mean just little little subtle things like that I mean I don't remember any like I could say like like on a 98 team, like the, the Finley home run, that grand slam that year. But there wasn't that really early moment uh, in uh, the 84 team like that. It was just kind of a gradual, hey, like, is it real? And then, like I said, and then they, they did start off high, and then I think they even kind of came back down. They got to 500 at one point. 
then like right around right right around june is when they really took off and that's that's when it became real and i think uh right about later on in the middle of the season we'll, we'll get to uh sometime in august a certain game is when i think uh i think that's when it really came together uh you got to see the real fight in that team <laughs> literally yeah exactly <laughs> was there were there any any moves or anything that you uh that you wanted them to do like near the deadline or kind of like around the middle of the season well then i think like i said they had they really did and in back then it wasn't it wasn't a lot like it is now like you really had your everyday like your starting eight your starting five like uh it wasn't so much intertwined with bullpen and just like you know it was just it was kind of a different strategy then um but then i think the only thing i really wanted them to kind of reinforce uh would have been like uh another starter a really good starter or or uh somebody in the bullpen but i think if they would have got like a bulldog stay on that team to lead that staff and like really that was the only thing they had good pitchers. Don't get me wrong. Eric Shower's really good when you look at his numbers that year. I mean, they had Mark Thurman. Like, everybody's really good numbers and everything. But, like, that that was the one thing I think was missing on that team. Like that that would have been the one thing, yeah. Gotcha. Somebody to match up, a, a true number one. They had a really good lot of twos and threes, but they didn't really have that true number one. And so you uh, you mentioned that you were you were nine when this season – um happened i did I, I went to at least half a dozen games that year i didn't go to a lot uh we weren't financially great but yeah we went to one with my baseball team i do remember that game uh and i think it was a walk-off game i can't remember who won it but yeah uh we ended up winning a walk-off so that was kind of cool being with your team there um and we were good too our team was good so it was kind of cool um but yeah, I, I just wrote little things like that. Um, just being, uh, like I said, at nine, you know, that's your first year of really, like, especially because they were in it, just like picking up, like when you could pick up a newspaper and like mm -hmm. read everything in a newspaper, like, like I mean, like everything. And then on a Sunday paper, then it had everybody's stats. That's, that's the year I started following it like that. Like, like uh, so around like uh, when they started really, Releasing the uh, all-star ballots, for <clears throat> for instance, I had this. Uh, you know, there was no PlayStation back then. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I had this little handheld baseball game that I would play with my dad. That we actually played uh, uh, seven-game World Series in '82 on when it was the Cardinals and Brewers. Uh, wow. Went seven games, and uh, yeah, he was the Brewers, I was the Cardinals, even though he won that in the game, but the <laughs> Cardinals won it in real life, but yeah, uh, but that year, it was right, right, you know, right when they released the all-star ballots and stuff, I remember uh, playing the game against, you could play a game against a computer on that thing, too, uh, but yeah, you know, setting up my, you know, like I said, you can't set, a, set it up like it is nowadays, like video games. So it's like setting up my baseball cards to what I thought like the uh, the top three uh, vote getters would be at each position kind of thing and picking my all-star team that way. And then, you know, setting my lineup on a piece of paper and then playing the, the uh, playing that handheld game against the computer and writing down the stats and stuff like stuff like that. You know what I mean? That's what I remember that year. I don't, I don't think we've talked about Tony Gwynn enough yet. 
I know, man. Like, I just tangent off on shit. And then no, my favorite you... player of all time and my favorite athlete of all time. <laughs> I'm just curious to learn more. Um, so this is in, in 1984. Is this is this Tony Gwynn season where he has announced himself or did you know he was special already? This Michael right now, at, at that age, I'd probably say I didn't think he'd be what he was. You know what I mean? Because I can't ask nine-year-old Michael that. Hell no, nah, not a nine-year-old. <laughs> sure. But but like I said, you know, like I said, at, at beginning of that year, Templeton was my favorite player. But by the end of that year, because like I said, I'm in that box score every day. And his name's just fucking everywhere all the time. Boom, 213 hits, 351 batting average, first batting title of eight, like all that shit, man. Like, ooh, you know, hey, I don't, to, I don't think he won a gold glove that year, but you could see his defense. That's the one thing that really got uh, improved at the beginning. And I really watched a lot of tape on him, too. Like, but you could see it because you watch the games, too, though, uh, especially 84. Like, they, they, you know, I think that's when they, uh, that, was that the first, I think that was the first year they had pay-per-view, believe it or not, for like Cox, uh, where you could order a package and get like an 80 uh, – I don't think it was all of them, but you could order like fucking home games. You paid for it though, but yeah, but yeah, that was the first year. And uh, so, you know, that was another thing too, being able to have that extra access to that team that year like that too. Uh, you know, Pops being – like I said, the Scrooge usually was, <laughs> um, but he spent the fucking dough for that. So I remember that too, because, it, and they had uh, a different uh, play by play crew. That's when I first met like Bob Chandler, Bob Chandler. I love Bob Chandler. He'll go down to Padre Lord. If you guys don't know about this guy, man, like he used to call games. He's just, he's, he should be in like the Padre ring of fame. Like, and it's a shame he's not, but, uh, Anyway, but yeah, him calling those games. Like I said, that's just another memory like that. First season, pay-per-view, fucking – and it, like I said, all those games are – I just remember that, man. Like Tony Gwynn, boom, boom. Every Everything is Tony Gwynn, Tony Gwynn. I, mm-hmm. You're reading you're reading that stats every day in that paper. Oh, he – you know, that's when it really mattered. So that's what made it fun back then. You're reading those stats in that paper like that, and every day, ooh, the batting title chase. So you're looking for, ooh, who the Padres in any of those, like the pitching stats, whatever. So it was – Oh shit! That year, everything was Tony hits, runs. You know, mm-hmm. even like batting average, everything was Tony. So, so it's like, fuck, dude. Like this guy's kind of fucking good, actually. <laughs> you know, it's like, damn. Uh, where's Templeton? Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I love him. I love him, but I don't see him anywhere in those. You know what I mean? So it's like, but yeah, that's the year. I by the end of that year it was Tony. I mean, I remember even at a book fair that year, uh, getting a book. Uh, that kind of edit, like I said, he wasn't even a superstar yet, so that's what made it cool too. Because uh, it was just like you know, not was rookie year, but you know, he was coming out year. And I got this book at this book fair, and I remember reading about his life and stuff growing up in Long Beach and him playing like softball in the backyard with his brother Chris and stuff. So it's just like, and he, you know, and he says in that, hey, that's where I developed my my eye my eye hand coordination. Like so, that, I mean, shit, man, that talk about one of the prettiest freaking swings in the history of the game man like mm-hmm. and to find out that's how how he owned his craft man. like players uh not even stickball sockball in the backyard with his brother <laughs> that's such I mean, a baseball story that's just like such like an anecdote that, right? that comes out of baseball 
seriously, that's so cool. I mean, look at that dude too. Like my favorite athlete of all time. I mean, he got drafted the same day in baseball and the same day in basketball by the Clippers. Like, it's like, how often does that happen? That's like the Dave Winfield thing when he got drafted in like three sports. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he could have played all three. He could have played basketball. He could play tight end in the NFL or he could have played baseball. <laughs> He's just smart because he knew baseball was a little money. Is that? <laughs> yeah. Must be nice. <laughs> well, th- think about that though. He, uh, plus, he got drafted straight out of uh, uh, college and it, uh, he never played a game in the minor leagues. Dave Winfield after the Padres drafted him. He, he got straight right to the major league roster. Yeah, that's like unheard of. Right? Didn't have that. You, you, can't <laughs> do that. you can't do that. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, think about that. That was like in, what, 76 or something whenever they drafted him. I'm not sure exact year, but yeah, you could do that back then, I guess, when you had somebody like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's something you see your dad passionate about and his love, so it becomes your passion and your love. So it's like, shit, dude. That whole season, like I say, he coached both my first two baseball seasons. So uh, he was a coach the first year. Of course, we won. We were first place. The second year, uh, we were first place, and he managed that team. Like, I mean, he was there for at least three or four other teams to, you know, either pitching it or, but uh, yeah. Uh, but that's where I, you know, that's where I got my love from though. I got my earliest like baseball memories coming back from the beach when I was like five years old. Uh, and it, you know, back then it wasn't so accessible on TV, but I just remember him watching a Phillies game. They're playing at the vet, the old school vet when they wear those white and purple ass jerseys, like <laughs> the old school pinstripe purple. You know what I mean? Like you just remember all that shit. You remember the stats, everything. And then, Oh, hey, why are you watching this game, Dad? You know, what's this? And because he's all passionate about it. And then it's like, okay, San Diego, okay. Of course, the Padres. But then you find out, oh, yeah, the real reason I was watching the game because his best, his favorite player is Pete Rose. And he just happens to be on the other team. It's like, so, yeah, because I think one time that's what I asked. I was like, why are you rooting for the other team? Like, what is that's our team? And he's like, oh, so, you know, he, Explaining that to a five-year-old at the time probably was kind of <laughs> hard for him and definitely probably hard for me to understand. But, you know, but that, like I said, it sets that precedent, especially if somebody impressionable. Because uh, by then, I'd already really like Chargers and stuff. Like, I, I liked football probably first, but even though baseball is always my first love. But, but that, you know, like I said, that, that year, though, I don't know. You just, you just, you just knew something about that team, like I said. He, him doing all those moves, and then, like I said, by, by about June, you just, you just kind of had a feeling. It just, you have that feeling sometimes about teams. Like, hey, this is going to be that team. And crazy enough, even though this team we just had this year, 17 games over 500, I mm-hmm. never had that team like, hey, you know, there's something in my belly, that, that instinctive feeling. But through that 84 season, it was always there. I don't know. It was just always something. It was like Ray Kroc's spirit after he passed with the RAK and the patch on the side of the jersey. You know what I mean? Like, you'll never forget those things. Like, sure. Sorry to ramble, guys. Oh, no. I'll do it. That was great. That's good good stuff. (laughs) I appreciate it. Um, so you mentioned a a game kind of in the in the mid-season where you kind of saw saw what the team was made of. Can you tell us a little bit, a little bit about that? 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a, a member, you know, by then we're in the thick of the pennant race. And uh, second place team at the time was the Braves. Uh, Padres going there with the, we had a decent lead at the time, but it was one of those series. Uh, I think if, you know, if they would have took two out of three or swept this, that they might have been able to get back in the pennant race. So it was, it was a, it was a chippy series to say the least. <laughs> like honestly, it was a weekend series, but uh, there's a particular game on a Sunday. Um, I'm out shopping, you know. Back then, like I said, it wasn't accessible TV wise, so I'm out shopping. Pops always have it on the on the on the car radio though, so we're listening to it as we're doing it, uh, school shopping that year. Uh, so we're listening to it, and then uh, yeah, you know we. Going a couple stores, whatnot. We get into a Foot Locker. It's funny, it would be a sports store though, but so it was lovely. But yeah, we get into Foot Locker and they they have the uh, broadcast on the radio. And uh, next thing you know, all we hear is uh, benches are being cleared, folks. And this is we had missed the uh, yeah we had missed the first one. This is the second one, mind you. So yeah, bench clearing brawl. Like I think it was like five that game i think i'm pretty sure there was like five bench clearing brawls like do that but yeah that's where you knew that team had the fucking heart that was going to win a championship like it didn't matter what the record was going to be but that's the team you had the medal i mean i remember so much like i said i'm out shopping but i still remember like seeing like i don't early early sports center clips of that of that i get home the first thing we do we pop it on and of course local at the time it was hot and so we're seeing it local. We're seeing it on ESPN. But yeah, I mean, there were fans in the stands coming in and fighting the players. There were, I mean, people were throwing beers. I mean, it was just nuts. Uh, Eddie Lee Whitson started that game. I remember that mofo coming out after he already <laughs> went to the locker room bare chested. I'm talking this this. This boy had like that 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 hair helmet, like like I'm bald guys, so like how I have it right now, like <laughs> that that no hair in the middle, a little hair on the side. The Jason Statham, I'm gonna be nice for us, <laughs> us bald gentlemen. That's Jason Statham look, you know what I mean? Like, but just fucking, but he had that 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 fro to it too, though. So it was like that, just it was cool. Just and then then, then he had that just. just Oh my God, that the chest hair, dude! It was like that '80s porn star, Celeste, like, you know what I'm saying, dude? Like running out though, dude, running out of the, not even in a uniform anymore, coming out and like, hey, my boy's in this fight right now, like I'm gonna get me some. I just, it was just, that's what I mean, just shit like that on that team was so awesome. Like I said, the fire, the, 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 the fight in that team. That's when you knew, man. Like I said, that was like middle, late August. It had to have been late. I think it was like around yeah middle to late i'd say more late probably because i was school shopping uh so we had to be starting school soon we already started in september so but yeah i just oh my gosh that's what i mean though just those are those the memories you have through that team just stuff like that i mean just the crazy nuts that were on that team and then you hear like the stories about how after they clinch you know you know everybody has that reputation of garvey being that Hey, I got that coughed hair. Uh, I, my suit don't fucking fuck up my Armani suit look and shit. And then uh, you hear that they uh, this party they had. I forgot whose pad it was at, but like they had this after party at somebody's house and shit. You know how Goose was. 
that motherfucker's that beer drinking, swinging motherfucking. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking yeah. So apparently they dunked this motherfucking Steve Garvey in the pool, led by <laughs> Goose and shit. And then you know everybody's like, and if, it was like the pin drop. You, you, they dunked his ass in the pool or something, and like the pin drop it. It's like, oh fuck, what's gonna happen? How do you, how's he gonna react? And then you know Garvey, dude, he had that heart, dog. It's like. You go for it's like, all right, let's party. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, but but apparently, but the story is though, too, it's funny though. You know, he did that for like a good 20 minutes, but then went back and like had like, like a change of clothes and shit, and came back with the hair quaffed again, like not suited up, but like, you know, fucking the, the CNR shirt and shit. Like, yeah, just <laughs> that's what I mean though. Just everybody, there's so many characters on that scene. And that's what made that. I think that's what it made that team, though. There's so many characters and personalities, but they had good ball players. You know, that's what made that team really good. They didn't have any true super superstars, but maybe Gwen that year. Um, but yeah, it was just a really good team. They played really good ball, baseball. You know what I mean? Just fundamental shit. Stole a lot of bases. Move butter, move runners around that year. Fucking old school baseball. That's the way the game's supposed to be played. Yep. Like shit. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I love about the game. That's what that team was like. That's, you know, they just ran into a buzzsaw. Fuck, dude. We, I mean, if we're gonna talk about that '84 team, we have to talk about that the team they faced in the fucking series too. Fucking Tigers, 35 and five after 40 games. Like what yeah. the heck? Like I still think about that to this day. Like in baseball, 35 and five. Like yeah, how crazy. the hell does that happen? And they had a balling ass team though. They did. I mean, fucking Jack Morris. They had a solid pitching staff. Uh, Willie Hernandez didn't he win like the uh, MVP and fucking uh, Cy Young that year as their fucking closer? Like, I mean, and they did just had a solid ass squad. I mean, I can go through. I can almost. I think I can go through their one through eight. Well, one through nine because they had DH that year, but they had a squad, man. Padres. Anytime the Potters go to World Series, they just happen to run into a team of the <laughs> decade during that decade. You know what I mean? If yeah. you could ask anybody, probably the team of the 80s probably would be that 84 Tigers team. And in the 90s team, probably that 98 Yankees team. So Potters has been unlucky. <laughs> For sure. So so uh, when you were, like, you know, kind of wrapping up the season, like going into the postseason, like, like what were your thoughts going into that? Uh, it was, you know, they clinched decently early, which, you know, like I said, around here, we weren't used to anything. So I think we just kind of, as fans, kind of all got on cloud nine and uh, we're expecting just, oh, you know, have these, these expectations that, hey, hey, we're that guy. This is that, that, that team that year kind of thing. And I, I think that kind of uh, took the steam out when they, because I think, you know, they didn't go in so hot, I don't think, uh, if I remember well. Like, you know, so I, I'm a little kid, dude. I was like, I paid attention. Like I said, by then, I was paying attention to everything. I was reading every article. didn't give a shit who was writing it. It was national or local. I was just anything. I, that's, I think that's when I started even listening to, like, local radio and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I anything Padres that year, I was just, like, glued to it. If you had fucking Padres tied to it, I was fucking on it. So everything. But yeah, you know, but once they started, you know, when when they got in, that that that's yeah, that that, that that's when it it hits you like, oh shit, dude, we're in now. So uh, expectations, 
Uh, I definitely thought the Cubs. I ain't gonna lie. I thought the Cubs were gonna win that series. <laughs> uh, especially, you know, like I said, I I really started paying attention to baseball. Like every part of baseball that year, like the moves that they made that year, like like picking up Suckliff that year during their trade deadline, and he comes over and does like a fourteen and one for them down the stretch, and like you know, Cy Young, like oh Padres gonna face this guy great like so you just think that and then yeah you get into game one and they got their asses absolutely pimp smacked 13-0 <laughs> even Sutcliffe hit a fucking home run that game like I just remember <laughs> yeah like everything and so and then you know game two wasn't bad 42 but yeah like I just remember uh that's what I remember though and that's what I remember about the city. It's like, even though it was like two O's, like dire straits. And even this is what I think energized the team. I've, I've seen videos. I've heard players talk about it. Uh, when they came back from that flight, there's people, there's like 10 people or some shit at the airport to welcome them. And they were <laughs> expecting, Hey, you know, Hey, we're going to have the shit, dude. Like people to be there and then to get there. Uh, Oh, that's <laughs> Oh, that's it. Well, thanks, guys. You know, 10 people. But when they got to the fucking stadium, there was a fucking, there was a fucking, like, rock party in that fucking parking lot. <laughs> like, honestly, there was people, like, I, there, I've i heard people showing, like, females showing titties, like, I mean, they, like, just fucking cub busters, this, fucking that, like, shirts, fucking, just everything. And it, like, like fucking pushing, like, people were driving by in cars and get, and their cars were getting pushed and swayed back and forth. And then, like, yeah, and then the bus comes. And then the players are like, oh, fuck, dude. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? I mean, it was. It was a fucking party in that stadium. And it was... But they said, they said they immediately could feel like before they were getting off the bus, the energy just, it just raised their spirit. They said it too. I, I've fucking heard all of them fucking talk about it. It's like, oh man, it, our, our spirit. And then they get off and they're just, they're just fucking waving through the crowd, high-fiving everybody, fucking Tempe, fucking, I remember him, man, his energy through that, the, oh, that, that, through that, that whole home series after being down 2-0. Him, him wave and in it because he did it again later too during game one to uh during introduction uh, game one during the introductions uh he waved his cap and shit but he did that during that party too just like fucking pumping the fans up because that now that thing that that's that that'll go down in san diego lore not just that's just sports lore but just the city lore that party like just everybody it was everybody was there there were like ninety thousand people there that night, even though it was like <laughs> only three. But <laughs> but even me, like I said, just being at game one. Yeah, I can talk about that. I got to be at game one. Uh, uh when they did make it. You go through the being down two oh, uh game game one, uh back home. That was a good game. They just kinda had that game where they needed to get their their shit out of the way, you know what I mean? Like, oh man, like we're tight, we're playing tight because they did. They played tight game one and two of that series against the Cubs, and then just had that, you know, hey, we were playing our game uh, in game one. Big Mac had a big game, I know that. Kevin McLeod had a big game that game, and then uh, you get to that next game, uh, uh, game five, uh, the Garvey game. Yeah, and all that. Uh, my parents, I'll remember that. I played a game earlier that day. We whipped some ass. Uh, parents, parents, uh, 
that usually on during weekends, uh, when I was that age, parents were going to fucking get lit at the homie's house, like play <laughs> cards and just get fucking super lit. <laughs> So I knew that was gonna be a fun night, but yeah, having a World Series game on, having having one of the homies and best friends that was on my baseball team and I went to school with from kindergarten was there, like just uh just that memory, you know what I mean? You're like, fuck, dude, this is gonna be a fun game. So yeah, so we're fucking, you know, we get down. I think we're like down four to two at one point, you know. It's like, oh man, we're down, and then Darby fucking went ham on the game. He was like four for five and shit, just every clutch moment during that game we had him and Gwen involved just every point of that game and then then the, yeah it gets late and it's like tie it up late and then the Garvey homer and fucking they bring in the bull the bully uh uh fucking lee smith man that motherfucker oh my god i just remember i'm not walking down a dark alley with that motherfucker walking to me that, that that's how my parents would talk like dude that motherfucker scared me at nine. I'm talking, oh, dude, you know what I mean? Yeah, Lee, Lee Smith uh, with that Jerry Curl dripping, like just fucking pimping it out, dude. Like, yeah, so he comes in the game, and then, uh, yeah, Tony gets a hit off of him, and then, uh, and then yeah, man, fucking Garvey goes oppo, baby. Fucking oppo off him, off like a high 90s fucking Back then, they don't have Raider guns either, but you knew that motherfucker was throwing cheese, like high 90s shit. <laughs> And it was. It was an upper fastball, high and outside, and Garvey just went with it and just bink. And he only had like eight home runs earlier that uh, during the regular season that year too, because he was no, you know, Padres getting him. Think, oh, Garvey's gonna be our home run dude, you know. And he, he did. He led the team in RBIs that year. But yeah, he had a thumb surgery the year before, which ruined his uh, his uh, his consecutive game streak. Um, so yeah, so uh, he had uh, he had said something about it lack. So that's what lacked his power that year. It was uh, so he didn't build up his strength back in that thumb until like the postseason. Like yeah, so he's like, I want to be able to take that fucking pitch uh, during the regular season that <laughs> oppo like that. But yeah, I honestly I I've never lost my shit during any game probably before or after, especially at nine man. Seeing that man, oh my god, I still just. Fucking, I like my dad's fucking friend. Hey, calm down, calm down. You know what I mean? Like, fucking, I mean, just fucking like, woohoo, like riding cowboy, fucking just, you know, <laughs> doing all that at nine, dude. Just fucking, oh, and you're, like I said, my best friend was there. Like, it was, yeah, I'm, a moment, obviously, I'll never forget. <laughs> Absolutely. And then the oh, next, that's awesome. And it, but it's funny, I spent that night with my family there, and then the next day, uh, my sister, my older sister at the time, she's fairly young, she was in her mid 20s, and even at nine, man, I was a horn dog, guys. Like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to say, I was, I was, I had the ladies at nine, like, so I was, I was, I was a young kid, man. Like, had it going on, like, so my sister had, uh, I knew she was gonna have some friends over watching that game, so she told me to come over, and she was like, her, like I said, she was in her twenties, but there was one in particular, that's why I went, super crush on it. So game seven, again, sets going, we get down fucking super early, we get down early you know biting the nails or right, fuck this i'm gonna go home and no don't and my sister don't leave and of course her super cute friend don't leave you, you you're gonna make him come <laughs> back if you stay i'm like oh my god dude i'm like okay i gotta stay now you know you know i was ready right i swam back to the bad dude ready to go ready to go but she talked me into it and then yeah they had an inning where they just 
fuck, dude. It's just one of those innings, man. And it's and Set was still in the game too. There was a time during that that whole shit. I was like, why aren't they pulling this motherfucker? Like for real? Like it was like a big, you know? Hey, he they got him there, so they're gonna roll it to the real Swala. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. fucking game seven, and that uh, and I all started like a couple of hits here and there, tied it up, and then I just remember one was the uh the Durham play. There's a ball went under his legs. I think Flannery hit it, and then that's that's like the floodgates opened after that. I just like yeah, Leon Durham at first base. Yeah, ball went under his glove, and then everything just happened after that. But like I said, there was that. There was a boss where there was another play uh, where uh, a ball skipped off uh, Sandberg at second base. Like he had his ball lined up. Uh, Tony hit a shot. And, and Sandberg had his ball, like, lined up. He's still going to get it, but it, like, took a fucking shot off, like, something in the dirt. And it shot up up over him, and he'd have enough time to, like, put his glove up to stop it. But that one, like, started, like, the last rally and shit. It was just all that stuff. I just remember – I remember when they finally scored the runs to, to, to take the lead. I was, Dick Williams, that motherfucker on the ground, in the grass, big-ass belly, like, just on the ground, felt like <laughs> – Full on belly, just like tapping the fuck out of the grass, just <laughs> loving every minute of it. I just, just, it was, that's what I mean, just those memories. That's what made that season so much fun. Just through all that shit, just like it was, it was just such a fun. And then, uh, you know, close that out. And then, and then, and then to hear that too, uh, we we had the game on uh, TV, but we put uh, the radio, the local radio broadcast on. Uh, the last inning because we wanted to hear the colonel Jerry Coleman call the last him and I fuck I didn't even take Teddy Lightner might have even been in that in that one with him but I remember the colonel just like the the last play of that just a fucking ground ball to Nettles to Wiggins and Bob you know what I mean just fuck dude you can hang a star on that baby and that was the colonel's fucking that was his shit dude that was his call song dude you can hang a star on that baby like just Oh my god, dude! And it just fuck. Not just you're in shock at nine. Like you just, and it's just not just a reaction to that, but just the city's reaction. Oh my god, everybody was super fucking nice and chill for like a week after that. But especially that day, <laughs> fucking, the city went in fucking party mode. Like I'll never remember. Maybe because I was at nine, but oh my god, just fucking horns honking just everybody hugging loving if you had a fucking anything padres on dude people were coming up and like i said just hugging kissing just everything like just it just it was fucking pandemonium that's <laughs> awesome yeah it was awesome guys <laughs> I, I love all this uh like um personal context uh and talking about where you were when all this stuff happened I, you know i think when i watch baseball all baseball and all my favorite memories like i always think about where i was when that happened and i love hearing other people's stories like that that's just great well it's uh, you know it's funny though like especially at game uh oh i, I think i even said game seven earlier but yeah it was game five though i you know looking back at it now i think what the fuck was i not watching that game with my dad where where why i mean it, then i thought about it only because that fucking cute chick of my sister's friend dude like, I, I was like damn i was like at nine years old am i really that hot pants already dude like i was like but but see i'm gonna come to another story and it, it there's a great story of that game one i told you about though so i gotta yeah. tell you about that because there's Let's more hot to the pants involved in that too 
There's more hot pants in the in the game one, dude. So, oh God, here we go. Um, I'm I'm gonna need another beer for this one. No, no, I, you know what? I was gonna do the same, and then and, uh, if it's okay with you guys, um, can I light up again? Because oh yeah, now. yeah, yeah, perfect, perfect, perfect. Michael, I've I've known you for an hour now, and I can tell you conclusively that you like baseball. Oh man, I appreciate it, man. I'm, well, I'm <laughs> sure you guys do too. Fuck, you're listening to me babble about this shit, so. <laughs> Oh, this is great. I'm excited to hear about uh about your game one story. It's fucking one of <laughs> talk about a, a memory. I mean I, I even mentioned this it's funny, uh my dad since passed gentlemen, like over ten years ago, but uh during his uh service kinda go back and forth about if somebody was gonna say anything. And he uh he had full military honors. Oh, excuse me, here at Fort Rosecrans in San Diego. But at the last so day of, they tell me, oh, yeah, they're going to allow you to say something. And I'm like, oh, God, great. You know what I mean? Like, fuck, dude, put me on the spot kind of shit. And my dad was my best friend. So I already knew it was going to be super fucking emotional. So uh, they, they kept saying, oh, yeah, make something, think of something, just a memory, you know. And then so we had agreed earlier with the priest and whatnot and a couple people there. It's going to be basically kind of this game one memory um i added some other shit in but i definitely added this so i might as well get to it because like i said it's awesome fucking experience uh so day of um pops is working he's a postal carrier downtown san diego been there for fucking years uh new couple fucking ogs down on this fucking route he had um so um my plan already fucking friday went to school whatnot unless we were out i don't i don't remember all those but anyway my plan spent a nice best friend homie's house uh just across the fucking bridge from me so it's like really close to my house get to his house we're outside chilling whatnot about to watch this shit about a half hour uh two hours a half hour before pregame but about two hours before game start uh so i get a call Route to fucking baseball shit. Uh, yeah, it pops on the phone. Hey, what are you doing? Uh, uh, nothing. Just about to watch this game in a bit. Yeah, yeah. Gonna watch a game, Adrian, huh? Instead of me, I'm like, oh fuck, dude, guilty already. Fucking guilt tripping. I'm like, fuck. I was like, well, yeah. I was like, well, I could, I come home. I'll watch it. You know, I'll come home. We can. Well, yeah, he can come spend a night over here. You know, at the pad. He's like, well, nah. Unfortunately. You can't bring him home. I was like, why? He's like, because he, I only got two tickets. And I was like, two tickets? Two tickets to what? He's like, well, Joe on the fucking, Joe on the route there, fucking the, the produce dude. I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, the guy that run the pool gave me two tickets to tonight's game. You want to go? I'm like, <laughs> like, are, are you serious? Are you serious? Like, fucking, my, my homie's like, what 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 and i'm like uh yeah yeah he's like well get your ass home right now i'm on my way home i was like fucking phone drop meek me like <laughs> bye like fucking i i i think it just fucking started going out with all my shit so he's like oh grab your shit grab your shit so yeah get home get prepped up fucking so yeah get in dad's old school fucking 72 72 beater torino dude Fucking with that three, that three twenty seven though. That fucking honestly, it was a beater, but that motherfucker had some power, like a motherfucker. Uh, 
get to the game, fucking, you know, do the whole park it thing, everything. Everything's at, at fuck, I don't care. Even parking was exciting, dude. That was an experience. Everything once we got in the car was an experience. Just fucking shoot super fucking happy. Get to the game, you know, walk around a little bit. Motherfuckers selling uh programs and shit. You know, especially pops. Didn't want one. I was like, all right. Chintzy bitch didn't want one, whatever, <laughs> fucker, dude. You know, it's 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 gonna be a memory of a lifetime. You know, this is obviously you know I'm nine, but I'm you know I was kind of raised bougie because I was a baby. So yeah, what a chintzy bitch, dude. That's exactly what I thought. Too. I was like, all right, so what are we gonna get? Am I gonna get just a hot dog and ketchup and mustard? I can't get a chili cheese dog up in this motherfucker. This is exactly what I'm thinking. Like nine, dude. No, 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 fucking, no fucking uh, popcorn. No fucking, you know what I mean? Like. No, no peanuts and cracker jacks. No, no fucking cotton candy. Like, what am I gonna get? Water? No soda? Like, believe me, I was like that too. But yeah, so, and of course, our seats we're we're up top. And then I, I'm sure if you guys have not seen, but I'm probably sure because you guys are probably sports fans. So you've seen the you've seen the old school Q, right? The old school Qualcomm, right? You've seen that stadium where it had that old school ramp where it was like that windy fucking ramp where you just walk over the whole little whole fucking thing. So we did that. Fucking get to the top of that. Fucking find our seats, whatnot. Go get our heart dog and whatnot. Right as we're about to sit down, he's like, you know what? The last second. Fuck, man. I kind of I, I kind of want to fucking program now. I'm like, oh, fuck, <laughs> dude. I was like, God damn, dude. I was like, and of course, they didn't have them up there. So... Nine years old, 1984, dude. Motherfucking pops. Hey, you think you can handle this shit for me? And, all right. And and, and it, there's a side story. So pops, uh, he had a limp. He had a severe limp when he was really young. He had polio. So uh, and think about this. He's a letter carrier for like 30 years, dude. So OG pimp daddy. You know what I mean? Like fucking putting work in. So I was like, yeah, I'm not going to have my dad walk all the way back down there. Or, and even if he's with me, if we go together. So I was like, no, nah, I got this, dude. I got this. I know where it's at. It's down the windy ramp. I know where he's, I know where old homeboy was at. I'm gonna go get this. So I go down there. I go grab that shit. Um, find our seats and shit. Uh, yeah, you know, you take it in the festivities. And like I said, you do the opening day shit. You know, the fucking that's where I remember Tempe doing the hat thing when they fucking doing the do doing the lineup stuff and just fucking energy and then back in 84 guys the wave was actually fucking cool like <laughs> and back then i think honestly i think this is like the first year it was like fucking og legit cool to like the first year they actually did it so it was like real cool because it was the thing you know what i mean so everybody was doing it so of course the world series the fuck oh i just that was one of the things yeah just the fucking wave dude before the game started during the fucking game just the wave so of course you're getting up and down a lot, you know. So yeah, do the Tempe thing. Uh, like I said, nine years old, being hot in the pants, dude. Fucking looking around seats and shit. Hey, fuck, three rows back, dude. There's this fucking this cute chick and her friend and her mom and me and my dad just chilling. Fucking, you know me. Fucking every other pitch, baby. I'm gonna. Make an excuse to look back over here over my shoulder <laughs> like five or six fucking 20 times, dude. Like, so at one time I had, I think he sent me, uh, he sent me for something, uh, a concession 
we didn't have up at the top. So I had to go back, not all the way back down, but to another concession or something. It was during the game. Uh, like I said, it was at this point, it was a tight ass game too. That game finished like two to one, I think. So I think it was like one to one. I'm like, fuck you, want me to go somewhere else, dude? Like, it's a fucking good part of the game, dude. I mean, fuck. So yeah, so I go grab it, but uh, whatever it was, I, I it took me a while. I don't know if I stopped and went pissed or whatever it was, or I couldn't find where it was. I think that's what it was. And then, so it took me a while, you know, Pop's getting fucking worried. So he get the fucking out, out of his seat, fucking. And we had the concession stands right off of our aisle. So he was like kind of chilling there waiting and shit. So I get back up finally, like, fuck. And you can see he's kind of worried. Like, you see it. You can see it in a kid's face when their fucking parents are scared, dude. Like, so yeah, I was like, and they're relieved though. So I was like, all right, he's good. But uh, yeah. But uh, funny enough, old girl and uh, her mom and her friend are like kind of like chilling up there right there next to that fucking uh, to that to that uh, check stand or whatever, too. And hey, they're not buying anything. So I was like, fuck, dude, why are they there right now? And then they're like not right next to my dad, kind of a separate like on one on one side, one on the other. So I was like, oh, shit, that's kind of weird. So I go, you know, I go up and team up my dad. Next thing you know, they're like, uh, mom's like, hey, excuse me. Um, don't mean to bother you guys, you know. Um, is this your son? And you know, my dad, yeah, yeah, this is my son. You know, you're like, yeah, um, sorry to bother you guys. Like I said, can't help but notice you there. But uh, my daughter just kind of wanted to say something to your son, and uh, so yeah, she's like, um, uh, uh, you know, she's all shy and shit. Fucking, uh, I, I don't know, you know, I just I was wondering how old you were. I was like, oh, I'm nine, and she's like, oh, oh okay and he's like you know i just wanted to say i think you're really 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 cute like super cute and i was like <laughs> fuck dude i am sure i probably blushed like fucking fucking crimson red probably like, like, like oh my god dude i'm like this fucking chick sitting on me dude i was like holy shit and i already knew she was like a you know a little older than me a couple you know a couple years maybe 11 is what i was figuring I was like, yeah, fucking thank you. You know, I appreciate it. Playing that, playing that fucking shy role, dude. Like, I, oh, you know, bashful, fucking cute. Oh, I know how to play it back then, dude. I was like, fuck. So I was playing, roll, roll, rolling that one to the wheels fall off. And like, oh, so, you know, just curious. Uh, how old are you? She was like, yeah, I'm 13. And I was like, oh, my fucking God, dude. I just got hit on by a 13-year-old at nine, dude. But like I said, just that, that whole experience, I'll never forget it. Like the whole <laughs> sequences of all of it, everything of that game, that there, though. But I shared that at, yeah, I shared that at the funeral, and everybody was just like, first thing is like, your dad let you walk down that whole thing at nine years old? <laughs> so, of course, everybody starts busting up during his service. But yeah, it was just. I don't know. It was just, it was a different time. You could do that then, though. Yeah. But I'll never sure. forget that, though. That, like I said, it, uh, but yeah, you know, they lose that game two to one. Uh, Bavakwa uh, knocks in the tying run. I remember he's uh, playing that game, the pivotal point in that game. I, I still think it was a pivotal point in that fucking series. He's uh, trying to stretch a double into a triple. And this motherfucker is slow, dude. Like, fucking molasses slow. So I'm like, fucking, I think I can. I think I can. You can see just chugging. And he slips coming around second base. 
and he fucking gets thrown out, dude. Like, so, but it, it did ruin the whole inning, the whole momentum of the series. Like, because it would have been one out with him on third. And I think, I forgot who was up next, but it was somebody money. I, I want to say it was Tony, but I don't think it was. I just want to say it was Tony because that, you know, that's who I, it would have made the dramatics better for this. <laughs> but, it, but it was somebody money. I do remember that thinking that though. Like, I think it was Garvey actually, I think, or something like that. I think back then they alternated uh, World Series years between DH and non-DH. It didn't matter what park you were in. They just either mm-hmm. used it or they didn't. That year, he was the DH. I do remember that, though. Yeah, man. Fucking that ruined the whole series. They won game two, though. They had a really good pitch in uh, game two for Mark Thurman. Uh, but, yeah, you know, that looked like the Padres that won, you know, they played like a the Padres that game but every other game once they got to Detroit fuck I swear they got bullied literally and fucking uh literally and figuratively they got off the plane man the motherfuckers them fucking thug motherfuckers were rolling that bus dude like they yeah I swear to god motherfuckers had like I heard fucking people had guns chains knives bats fucking pushing the fuck out of that bus they intimidated the hell out of the pottery i think once they got to detroit man and it showed on the field <laughs> i was talking about the people that lived there when i said that <laughs> yeah, yeah i got you <laughs> but yeah yeah it was just crazy man i just all those fucking crazy memories dude and then uh the the, the one that still lives in my head in that series that really ruined that uh well not ruined it but really put the nail in the coffin was the uh uh, that that last game when uh, Dick Williams and they they got a big sound bite on it where uh, Gossage is in like the seventh and uh, game's tight and uh, Kurt Gibson's up and he comes up to him and he's like tell it well basically before he even comes out to the mound he like already flashed the four he wants him to walk him and uh, like Goose is like nah nah I don't I don't want to walk him dude like nah you know. I got the hairy chest dog, like, I'm the goose. Fucking throw a high 90s, baby. Like, no, I don't want to fucking walk this guy, dude. So he fucking throws it again, dude. Flashes it again or something. Even, I think, Terry Kennedy fucking, all right, all right I'm going to come out the goose real quick. So while he's out there talking to him, I think fucking, fucking Dick's like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to go out there. But yeah, and the sound bite is like, yeah. Uh, he's, <clears throat> he's like, fucking, uh, He's like, yeah, I, I want to pitch to him, you know. I, you know, I, I think I could get him, man. I got, I got this guy, basically, you know. And goes back to the dugout or whatever, and then they show the flashbite on the other side, and Sparky's like, uh, you can see Sparky fucking telling uh, uh, um, um, uh, Kurt, he don't want to pitch to you, or he don't want to walk you. He don't want to walk you. He wants to pitch to you. Like, so it's just crazy, the whole thing. And, of course, he fucking ends up hitting the dong to fucking end the whole game and series. <laughs> but it was just nuts. How did, uh, I mean, after all that kind of elation coming out of, th- out of the NLCS and, you know, getting to go to game one, how did that, how did that weigh on nine-year-old you as kind of the tides turned there? I still think to this day, honestly, like, I did, I probably was still had the same love, but I don't think it would have gotten to the point it got to, or, or definitely as fast as it got to without that season. All those fucking memories, like I said, not just for that team, that team too, but like I said, my dad coaching that year, just 
just all of it. It was like a a cumulative or however the fuck you say that word. I have, you know what I mean? Just all of it together. Like, but yeah, just, but I remember it all though. Like I said, at nine, just remember him fucking doing those deals before the season began to get those guys. Like, don't fucking, during spring training, I literally think it was like a fucking AJ Preller getting like up in in Kimbrel kind of shit. Like literally the day before the season get Nettles play third. And like I said, that none of that shit happened. And he led the team with twenty home runs. I know that. So like, that's what I mean, though. Little little shit like that. Like just, it's just so memorable. And then and you hear all the backstories. Like I said about Garvey getting thrown in the pool, and then still still had an extra suit and shit, and then came back with the hair just fucking perfectly, just fucking quaffed up. And you know, like I said, it's just like the characters, the personalities, just the. The city, how they reacted to it. Like I said, the the honking of the fucking horns and just every it didn't matter, dude. For the fucking city, like they said, it didn't matter who you were. Everybody loved everybody for that 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 brief period in time. I, I I've experienced it since, like I said, '98. Definitely experienced with a couple Charger teams too. They got into the playoffs, especially the 2004 team that went to the Super Bowl. But it just nothing will ever, ever fucking compete to that fucking '84 team. Like, like, like I said, I, I, I bet you you could ask. I mean, people are gonna listen to this. Pottery fans will listen to this. That were there or around then, and they'll tell you that they've been through everything after that. They'll probably tell you the same thing. There's, there's just nothing that will compare to that. <laughs> really, like nothing. But that's that love. I that season. All of that, it all cum- accumulates in that kind of stuff because of that love of the game that I learned from him, and in, in particular that season. I would I wouldn't take anything away from those memories, even though it, it didn't end up in a champ. You know what I mean? Like, sure, he'll take it. All right. Well, we are going to uh, to get you out of here on this. So, yes, sir. In honor of the Padres, can you list for us your top five fathers? Top five fathers. Yeah, so take it however you want to take it. Oh man, uh, definitely Tony Gwynn, uh, Jerry Coleman. <laughs> gotta be the Colonel. Uh, it's gotta be Teddy Ballgame too. Ted Leitner, Bob Chandler. Like it's funny, it's a lot of the broadcasting guys too. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I never I I can't do any other. And, and Trevor, it's gotta be Trevor because. Yeah. Next to Tony, he is the next icon. You know what I mean? Like, really? Yeah. yeah I'm sorry, sorry, Barbecue Randy Jones. I love you too, baby. <laughs> but you were just a bit before my time, dog. But he'd he'd be a close third. <laughs> but yeah, that would that that would be my five, man. Like, yeah. Awesome. There you have it. That is the story, and these are the basis stories. Was it 100% accurate? Yeah, that sounds right. Follow us on Twitter at The Bases Stories. Also, see all of our inebriated storytelling podcasts as part of the Stories Podcasts at The Stories Pods on Twitter. As our guests rewrite the past across various sports. Alcoholic drinks are consumed voluntarily by our guests at their own discretion. Please drink responsibly. Tommy Gorlami. Hello, folks. Tommy here.
Do you think so? I, Tony Gwynn obviously had a a skill that almost nobody has replicated. He's a certain type of hitter, and the hitters that exist today are typically not in that mold at all. We're talking guys that you know sacrifice yeah. swing and miss stuff for power because stats says that creates runs or whatever. Do you think? Yep. Do you think the pendulum will swing the other way, and there will be a? Do you think there'll ever be a, a player who with a skill set like Tony Gwynn again? Yeah, yeah there, you know, guys like him seem to be the, uh, like generational. Um, I even, you know, it's funny. Like, think about it. During his generation too, we had two of those guys. Because Wade Boggs, now you're a Red Sox fan, dude. Like, so you know, I'm talking. Both of those guys, like. Oh, every year, honestly, from from pretty much, and I think Boggs won his in '83, his first one. So think about that. From pretty much from '83 to pretty much anywhere from the mid '90s, man, those guys every year were gonna be like in that. You know what I mean? Just box score, batting title. Uh, but it, it does. You like you said though, the game is definitely taken away from that. Um, because of the power, definitely because of the power thing. You know. Chicks dig the long ball. What can we say, gentlemen? Like that's that's <laughs> still true to this day. You know what I mean? So sure, but yeah, but I do. But that's the thing I was gonna say though. From since he's left, I always kind of look for a guy like that. Like, hey, who's gonna be that guy that could be that guy again? Just fucking batting title champion every year, and I just haven't really seen one that year. But but, but because I think that's just because of the way the games change so much, though. I mean, yeah. there are guys that could definitely be like 300 type hitters every year, like consistently. Like, uh, that's I love those type hitters, the opposite field slap hitter. You know, not not even just a slap hitter, but just just opposite uh, oppo. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you go, that's what I loved about baseball. That's I, fuck, dude. Go with the pitch, dude. You're yeah. gonna run into better, so many better fucking opportunities if you just go with the pitch. Mm-hmm. Seriously, you even your power uh, on your power, like everything. If you just go with the pitch, you're gonna run into so many better pitches. Like it just changed so much. But I, I honestly, I, I think about that all the time. It's like just there's just nobody that I, I would say right now in the game that I would say, hey, you know, I thought Cronenworth had that type of swing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That inside out, but still a little power. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. Like, I I th- I definitely think he could be a consistent guy, maybe. But because he's got is that there, swing. Is there anyone else since Tony Gwynn that has reminded you of Tony Gwynn? No, honestly, no. Yeah. I just I just keep thinking. Honestly, I keep thinking about like even how how he changed so much. Like especially with his conversations with Ted Williams over the years, especially the latter years of his career, we developed more power where Ted was like, hey, you know, that inside pitch, dude, just fucking turn on it a little bit. Like that home run. My my fucking favorite fucking moment for him, personally, I, well, besides 3,000, obviously, because his family, I, I still get choked up when I think of that, dude, with his family, and I think it was on his mom's birthday and shit, dude, you get your 3,000 hit, something like that. I'm almost positive. I get choked up thinking of that, but was that fucking home run off of Boober Wells, who's from San Diego, Paloma High, turning on that inside fucking fastball in game one of that World Series, dude, and fucking knocking it off the facade, dude. Think that fucking center <laughs> one hit. Think. Just, and, oh my God, dude. I like, yeah. 
that 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 is still probably one of my top two memories, man. Like baseball memories ever. Like I still get chills thinking about that. Like it was, it was so awesome. Cause I immediately think about that. I could picture fucking Teddy ball game thinking that's how you do it, kid. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> dude, like honestly, and it's cool because I got an attachment to Ted too, because we went to the same high school here in San Diego. San Diego. And then, uh, I could honestly say I'm probably one of the few people that played on two separate baseball fields that he's played on. Uh, like, uh, so he played on a Sandlot League here in uh, North Park here in San Diego is where I grew up, and he grew up too, uh, called uh, North Park Rec Center. So that's where he got his fucking start yet. And my very, very first organized baseball game ever uh, was like a pickup oh, – not a pickup game, but like a practice game, uh, preseason game. Uh, my first caps year when it was on that same field, though. That was our practice field. But So think about it. I got to practice same field there, Ted Williams, and then same high school field as Ted Williams. Like, there's not a lot of people who can say that. You know what I mean? 